in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost, and uh, we are slowly getting into summer here in Southern California. It's a hotter day. Oh, yeah up here uh although it's not bad at my house but it's supposed to be almost 90 today Oof, yeah i went out for a walk my uh it's my girlfriend's birthday today as we're recording this yeah, um, happy birthday yeah i'll tell her and uh, her sister dropped off her chihuahua because my my girlfriend loves the chihuahua so that she could spend time with her today well she didn't get a good night's sleep you know and so i walked the dog so that she could nap during lunch mm-hmm. um, which is why we were a little late starting and i um I was exhausted after a 30-minute walk. I'm out of shape, but it's also hot as fuck here right now. So I'm starting to sense that it's making this turn um, as oh, yeah. uh, as the the weeks are coming along here on the on the West Coast side of things. Yeah, supposedly it's supposed to be nicer again next week, but it's th- those days are going to be fewer and far farther between for the mm-hmm. next six months or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah not looking forward to it hopefully we're out of the house by the time the really nasty shit start, start you know setting in are you guys uh, moving again what do you mean you're out of the house no just not forced to sit indoors oh, right, so right. much gotcha gotcha so gotcha. i can actually get out and go do things and yeah not sitting in sweltering heat for no reason just, <laughs> well not for no reason but for only one reason yeah, uh as I opposed to just my general laziness <laughs> No, I hear you, man. It's uh, a, a thing. Yeah, I'm starting to see people going back. So yeah, I know. I got. To, I know more and more people that have had the vaccine. So yeah, uh, texts are starting to come back to life. Of hey, you know, if we all have this, when do you want to? So long as it's kosher, when you want to start? Like hey, let's go see a movie or something. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, basketball thread has started back up. <laughs> well, one guy's already got his vaccine. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, he qualified somehow early. I don't know how, but, you know, so be it. Qualified. Yeah. Well, it, he only got it yesterday. So it's okay. not like he got this a month ago and his booster's not for a month from now. <laughs> but it's like that. Dominoes are beginning to tumble in that direction. Hopefully, oh, fingers yeah. crossed. The 15th is when it opens up to everybody in L.A. Oh, God. It's going to be like a, it's going to be like a Costco, man. People are going to rush it. At 10 a.m., try to get in as soon as possible. It's going to yeah. be insane. Well, I, it's going to be by appointment only. So when right. you can start oh, getting those appointments is, uh, I don't know, if it's midnight on the 15th or if it's they contact you, uh, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, um, Lily got contacted yesterday, uh, last night, um, with like a bunch of, times and i was a little frustrated because i'm like what the fuck she's younger than me she's not in the thing but she thinks because she works for a university they've kind of put them on the priority plate a priority to be so they move it over to that so i was like ah because i tried after she got 
notified. I tried. I was like call, going all the websites down here because it's hard down here if you're not fully qualified or you're not sorry, not qualified, but fully like uh, in the system in a certain mm-hmm. way. It's hard to find an appointment. And, and there's a bunch of places doing it. All the right aids, the CBSs and what have you. But they're like they're chock full of appointments. So some people are saying you should just go there and wait around. And then eventually they might have something open up or someone cancels and you can take yeah. your spot. I've heard of that. Um, I saw on Twitter somewhere where a lady said, I just left my doctor's office and I couldn't get shot there. But their advice to me was go on a demographic map and find the reddest County (laughs) within driving distance and go there. And the lady (laughs) did. And there was 11 cancellations that day and she easily got one. Wow. Yes. Wow. And I don't know if that's bullshit or real. <laughs> it was on Twitter. It rings of truth, depending on what section, yeah, what section yeah. of the country you live in. Potentially, I could right. see this being true. Uh, yeah. And I'm not talking shit. I just read it and I was like, well, that's if that's fiction, that's good fiction. <laughs> that's some damn good fiction. That is some damn good fiction. Certain <laughs> stereotypes exist for a reason. Well, I'm surrounded uh, by red counties. I'm surrounded. Yeah, no. San by Diego's so, Republican as shit, but it's, yeah, it's not. It's but more it's also, so. It's also old as shit, Matt. So people are getting uh, yeah early on vaccine. Yeah, yeah. No, no. The yeah, those aren't <laughs> the types of individuals I was envisioning, per se. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And, and I'm not. I'm not talking shit about them specifically. The other side has idiots like that too. Of course, of course, of course. Both sides have their dipshits. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. You try and find the middle ground in a situation like this because that's where <laughs> I exist. It's like, yeah, okay, you're a little extreme. Hey, oh, hey, you're a little extreme too. Um, but yeah. Uh, so hopefully, within the next couple of weeks, get the vaccine, get out. Yeah. Return to some slow version of normalcy yeah but amc's open here yeah uh godzilla versus kong apparently did really well last night in terms of money uh 9.8 million uh for an opening night in the theaters that were open judging from the capacity that is open uh, it's been determined that that's a damn good night by a lot of box office uh, uh analysts so it's great okay it's good for so basically like an adjusting for inflation Type yeah. of parenthetical at the end of that makes sense though. You know, if you only go to twenty five percent or fifty percent capacity, and you sold yeah. all of those, and you're like, well, okay, well, you assume, yeah, at yeah. max capacity, then this number would jump to this, and that's a good opening weekend. It makes sense. Well, the vaccinations are numbers are rising, but so are the COVID numbers. People, getting I know infected. the spike. Yeah, people are getting it's- lax. People are getting relaxed, man. I know. Uh, yeah, but France is going on a four week. Th- Lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Canada too. Canada is like making some changes. I saw over there as well, limiting the amount of what's available, what's open, what's not open now all of a sudden because of the spike. So yeah, yeah. Have you seen Godzilla yet? Yes, I, I got okay. sent the link early. I put my review up on my channel. Um, yeah. Well, don't see. Yeah, don't spoil it. I just didn't. Know I'm not spoiling. Yeah. All I can say is, all I'll say is, the monster battles are fucking great. Cool. That's what I'll say. Yeah, Man, sounds about what I expected. My expectation yeah. was like, maybe they'll finally get it right. Doesn't sound <laughs> like it. Anyway, 
neither here nor there. I don't know if that's the case, and I'll find out soon enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, all, it's, it's it. out. Yeah, it's out on HBO oh, yeah. Max now. You can yeah. watch it now, but it's yeah. I haven't had the opportunity, obviously, uh, until today. Right, right, right. But uh, oh, yeah, I'll be watching it shortly. Have you watched Invincible yet on on uh, Amazon Prime? No, that animated show. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. Dude, it's fucking excellent, man. It's, Is it? It's, it's essentially the boys animated. Okay. So it's got a hardcore approach to it. It's actually damn good. And some great voiceover actors uh, throughout. You know, Stephen Yoon, um, J.K. Simmons, uh, Sandra Oh, Jason Mansukas, J- uh, Jillian Jacobs, all kinds of people uh, doing voices on that show. Um, and it's it's fun. We watched the first three episodes and reviewed it on Geek Buddies and just had a great time with it. So I would yeah. recommend it if you because I know you like animation stuff. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, that's one I'm going to have to watch on my own. Yeah. yeah so yeah. carving out the time for it. <laughs> uh, there yeah. was one so, um, uh, that Gerard Butler kick that I got onto. I still haven't seen. Oh. I, saw, I saw London has fallen. I haven't seen yeah. the last one. Angel is falling. Angel yeah. is falling. I see. I got to watch that. Yeah. But so anyway, I was on Butler's IMDb. <laughs> and there's an animated movie or a TV show coming out. What? Called, With Butler? Yeah. No. Listen to this. All right. So it's called Arc, the animated series. Oh, yeah. Starts in 2022. Okay. Listen to the fucking Please. murderer's row Again. of people that they've got. Gerard Butler, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Russell Crowe, wow, Vin Diesel, okay, Malcolm McDowell, holy shit, Elliot Page, David Tennant, Alan Tudyk, Carl Urban, Jeffrey Wright, Michelle Yeoh. Like they all do one episode, but wow. what the fuck is this show? <laughs> it's called In a Mysterious Primeval Land, populated by dinosaurs and other extinct creatures. People from throughout human history have been resurrected. Okay. Uh, when 21st century, there is Australian paleontologist uh, Helena Walker awakes there, uh, there after tragedy. She must learn to survive and find new allies or die again at the hands of ruthless overlords, all while trying to uncover the true nature of their strange new world. Wow. And that list keeps going. That's most of the first page. Jesus. Yeah. So who's bankrolling this? <laughs> it's a great question. Yeah. Who is bankrolling this? What is this show? How did you afford this? Good for you. I hope yeah. this is great. Um, with this? Vin Diesel is the executive producer. Okay. Oof. All right. Maybe that's I called in some favors with his other manly men in the world of action. With Quite Butler possibly. Yeah. Who else wow. got the EP credits? Anybody else? And uh, not that I no, see. it's the only one that's listed. Yeah. Carl Urban. All right. Well, there you go. All right. I hadn't, I hadn't looked that far into it, but I saw that. It was like, what the? F- How the fuck are they affording this? <laughs> I, I hope it's great because that that's a lot of talent to waste yeah. if not. I haven't seen that new Greenland one of his that came out last year in 2020. I got to watch that at some point. What Butler? Yeah, dude, I see everything of his man. I can't, I can't resist him. He's got that charm. There's something about him I just fucking like, and I'll see. I do. I agree. Stupid movie of his. I will. I'll see it. I agree, but yeah. you just know it's dog shit. Yeah, I go in not expecting much, 
Can it be coherent? And is he fun to watch in the movie? That's all I need. Then I'm in. I'm a thousand percent. That's so sad for a guy that, that is that I good. Know. Yeah, I know. That's I don't see it. It doesn't depreciate my enjoyment of him. Yeah. But, but I don't see his movies. Like mm-hmm. Den of Thieves is fucking excellent. That's probably the best one he's dropped of this okay. current run. Uh, I like Den of Thieves until the very end. Oh, yeah. You didn't like that ending? Right it, it was fine. I just didn't buy the structure mm. they were trying to put into place. Understood. I don't know if that, I hope that's vague enough and doesn't get me away. <laughs> just at the end, I was like, I don't know if I buy that 100%. Right. But it was interesting. Yeah, I liked it. Because, I, I, I mean, I'll defend all those Angeles Fallen or Olympus, Olympus or London. Like, I'll defend all those movies. They're enjoyable. They're watchable. The last one was actually damn good. The second one's okay. First one's good. Second one, okay. Third one was actually damn good. Uh, and then uh, I, I know Geostorm, that's a guilty pleasure of mine. Well, that's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad, but I enjoy it. <laughs> um, and I want to see this Greenland. I want to see if it's any good. I want to see if he's uh, having a little fun with that one as well. He doesn't take himself seriously, which I appreciate. <sighs> he should, though. That's the problem. He should. Uh, should he, though? I don't know. I think he can easily pull off, you know, Oscar caliber shit. Really? You think Gerard Butler? I genuinely do. He has the charm. Okay. And I believe the chops. You put him in the right spots in like an ensemble piece. Huh? And he would shine. What do you mean? Like something like Syriana? Yeah. You mean something like that? Okay. I think he'd be perfect in a ward fodder movie like that. And then eventually work into something else. But easily see that happening. And yet I don't know that that's going to happen in my lifetime. I, I can't see it happening. No, at this point, no. The ship has sailed. He is what yeah. he is. Yeah. I mean, at least something like that, he could because they, he'd be taking less money. It's not like it's a big, you know, he's doing yeah, yeah. the prestige. Yeah. Um, they've fight. tried though. They've tried to give him serious dramas. I mean, he was in that uh, Shakespeare one, Coriolanus. He's fucking awesome in Coriolanus. Mm-hmm. Ray Fiennes directed that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, no, it's his canon of work. When you look at it, you're like, yeah. man, there's a lot of bullshit on this thing. <laughs> I still like you a lot. I still think you're really good, yeah. but yeah, several instances of a movie that I openly will acknowledge is not good in the slightest. <laughs> uh, is unlike it- today's topic. Oh, nice segue. Ladies and gentlemen, boom. Who uh, has a huge canon. Yes. My list is like 15. Well, yeah, I think at least. Yeah, mine was 14. So, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, absolutely. Only because there are some I have. There's a couple I haven't seen yet. Okay. Uh, and so I couldn't get them watched in time for our list. But there's plenty to choose from here of performances that I enjoy from the great Matthew McConaughey. Oscar winner Matthew McConaughey for sure. Matt, how did you come up with this? Because Matt's the one who we were texting about an idea. Matt goes, what about McConaughey? And I said, why not? And he said, okay, cool. And then I texted him a few months. I said, wait, what made you think of McConaughey? Has he got something coming out? And he's like, no, I just want to talk about McConaughey movies. Uh, yeah, well, I sent back, not a damn thing. Yeah, just, <laughs> not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. I don't. He was the first actor that popped in my head, and I went, I don't believe we've done a show about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I did not look. So I, okay. I still 
hold firm in my belief that I don't, I cannot recall having done, but we very well could have. And I'm just blanking on it. And that shit happens. I like the cockiness. I like the cockiness. Well, you didn't look either. I did not. I trusted you. I trusted you. Oh, you trust so you're that's my, nice. My hands are you're clean. pushing me onto the grenade. That's right. To find out if it's a dud or not. I don't know if you get a medal for that, man. I'm pretty sure you get shot for that. Thank <laughs> you. Right. Uh you don't think it's a real grenade? All right, man. Cool. Jump on it, see. Find out. I mean, you're not even, man. I think you physically <laughs> somebody yelled grenade and you went, whoop. And just when no one was looking and I got pushed onto it, no, it was a problem for all. It becomes a problem for one. Uh, uh, you know, you gotta live. You gotta live. Um, I appreciate the, the nuttiness of it all and see if we're going to, uh, cause if I don't recall that we've done McConaughey, I don't either for whatever reason, I if we have, recall. so be it, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyed it's our been so long that we've forgotten. That's true. That's true. Um, um, but what's your overall feeling about McConaughey now as a, as an actor as a because he he kind of crested and it feels like he's slowly kind of going back down into that area he was before he kind of crested. What do you feel about him overall? I think that happens to quite a few actors. Yeah, that's fair. Absolutely fair. So there's nothing wrong because the general consensus is we all agree he's a good actor mm-hmm. and he's a likable guy. So he's going to get shots and he'll have more. Oscar worthy performances out of him. I'm more curious in these floating rumors that he wants to run for governor of Texas. Hello. Um, yeah. Which I'd imagine he's got an outside shot of winning. And my real question is, is this actually just a stepping stone to the presidency? Oh, president Matthew McConaughey. That's I would assume that's what he's envisioning. Why else would you want to be governor of Texas? Bite your fucking tongue, man. President. Eh? Matthew McConaughey. Reagan did it in California. Wow. That's true. That's true. And McConaughey has more esteem. Texas loves him. Yeah. So if he was a middle-of-the-road Republican out of Mm -hmm. Texas, he could carry this country pretty easily. I guess you might. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, because with Reagan, he was terrible as an actor. So politics made sense, right? It's like these uh, actors nowadays who are like, you know, like I just saw last night the... um, the ad for Kate Hudson's new line of, I'm like, yeah, because you never really made it. Like, you made it. You're a known name, mm-hmm. but you never really made it. You know what I'm saying? You weren't like a fucking A-list star for 10 years and going up for Oscars or whatever. And so, yeah, all right, so you go do that. Like, Jessica Alba came out and said, why she quit acting? You quit acting? No one was giving you jobs of any note. You were not that good. So you created that honest thing, you know? Jessica Simpson, same thing creates and and kudos to them they made money but uh because clearly they weren't good at what they first chose to do well but it's not as though they weren't good they just weren't excellent uh okay if you say so well jessica simpson i she was a singer who got into acting and there's very few that really translate how many mandy moores are there she wasn't even that good as a singer though i mean i'm just saying well that's that's hurtful i'm just saying well sure well numbers show you that it's subjective that she sold albums okay. she had a, a big fan base did tours you know what i mean that's it's nothing to scoff at i'm, I'm, I'm just saying there's a level here where you she was big enough that things. her sister became famous and got her own record deal which ones are oh ashley, ashley. Right. i would argue ashley way more talented 
than Jessica. Who knows? Who knows? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that out there. My All right. Well, lip syncing on SNL somehow just destroyed her <laughs> career. So using the metric you just used means she didn't have much talent if she could no. overcome that slight difficulty. She did overcome it and became a much sought after Broadway star for musical theater. She was killing it in Chicago. That's a horse of a different color. Wow. It all connects. Yeah, Um, but before you're talking about CD sales and ticket sales. Well, because you were saying she didn't, she had a, you know, she made albums or she sold sales. I'm like, those things went down. And then her response was not to go and find another area to be a performer. Her response was to create a company. And look, again, no problem with that. Like, go and make your money. Like, I got no issue with that. Parlay your name. And clearly, you've made stuff that people want to buy in large numbers and probably requires less of uh, your questioning of yourself and what have you or self-esteem issues or having people judge your work or whatever or ridicule you. Mm-hmm. Probably less of that involved in it as well. So, no, no, but I'm saying with McConaughey, he won an Oscar. He was con- He's considered a great actor and what have you. So to have him adjust, like even Schwarzenegger is not a great actor. He's good at what he does. He's great for what he does. Yes. But he's not winning any fucking Oscars. So to have someone with that kind of name prominence make that move into politics is very, very interesting. And I don't think that we've seen it. No, I maybe ever. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued. The only reason as soon as he, I read that what about McConaughey for governor of mm. Texas? <laughs> Him, I have to assume it's his people putting feelers out because he has an eye on oh, the presidency. Yeah. That's the only. Oh my god! It's the only reason I why otherwise why tank your movie star career to be a governor? Maybe he's not getting the roles he wants to get anymore. So he's it's, looking for. It hasn't help. been that long. He's still getting stuff, and he will still continue to get stuff. This is not. Yeah. He's not in some huge dearth. He, I don't know, dude. What's the last big successful McConaughey film you can think about? I mean, Dallas Buyer Club, Buyers Club is 2013. Interstellar is 2014. And then it's Free State of Jones, which fell at the box office. Kubo and Two Strings. Sing, an animated show. Gold, which a lot of people bash, but I think it's good. The Dark Tower went nowhere. White Boy Rick. Serenity, The Beach Bum, The Gentleman, yeah. which is good. Um, and then something called Hank the Cow Dog. I, I, when I saw that, I just assumed it was probably something that he did with his kids and they turned it into a TV show. Like he produced it all or some shit like that. That's my blind guess. <laughs> well, it's actually um, a series of books. Oh, uh, there you go. And it's. Uh, Directed and written by Jeff Nichols, who what? directed him in Mud and did uh, um, Midnight Special and Loving, which are some good yeah. films. Look and at this cast. cast. Exactly. It's, it's insane. You mentioned the cast with Jar Butler, McConaughey, Kirsten Kirk. Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Joel Edgerton, Cynthia Revo, Michael Shannon, and well, Scoot that Midnight McNair. Special. Yeah. Yeah. Great cast. So there you go. Fascinating. Fascinating, man. As far as a show like this is concerned, this is a prestige product. Yeah. I guess you would say that, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's just been focused more on the fame. I, I don't know, but it's not. He's fine. Okay. I disagree, but 
we can move forward with it. Uh, we um, but he's moved. He, you know, it's been incredible how he's redone his career. Certainly can't argue that from doing those early rom-coms and what have you, films that kind of were fun larks overall. And he ta- he's spoken about it many times, how his wife was like, you know what? you got kids now. We, you want to go to the next level. You're going to have to kick your ass to the next level. And so he started doing these kind of smaller, more independent films, and that got him back into prominence. And from there, he got that Oscar off Dallas Buyers Club. So it's incredible how he's been able to turn his career around. And you might be right. Maybe he's kind of seeing something more now in politics. Naturally, the migration towards that for himself. Who can say? Who can say? Yeah, I mean, he's 51 right now. Hmm. Sounds about right. Got to be governor for a couple of years and then <laughs> run for president. You're insane. There's I, no way Matthew McConaughey runs for president. I just don't see it. But look, and I don't know if never know. He, he'll make it out of the prime. But it's the only I mean, logical reason that I can come up with with why you would want to be governor is it's a stepping stone to being president. All right. Maybe just wants to change. Perhaps his uh, count loves his Texas area. that much. That yeah. much. This Helps city. Texas finally secede and becomes president of Texas. I don't know. Hot but, damn, y'all. We're our own country. Shit. If you have the ego to believe that you should and, you know, you should be a movie star, then I'm guessing you also have the ego to believe that you should be president or governor. And then once you're governor, you can easily talk yourself into the next step, which is I should be president. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. If Arnold has taught us nothing, so long as you have the belief in this country, you can make that shit happen. That's true. Yeah. All right. I stand corrected, perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, Who we knows? Shall see. Well, anyway. We're doing McConaughey today. Yeah, we're here to talk about McConaughey films. Uh, Matt, do you want to tell him how the show works or not? It's your choice. <laughs> uh, I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. After we're done with that, we combine them to create this show's top ten. There you go. How, uh, how easy is that? All right. How easy? Super simple. <laughs> um, so there's g- genuinely three mm-hmm. or four movies fighting for number 10 for me. Yeah. Um, okay. So I wrote down one, but I think I watch another way more. Okay. And a third one, I think, is actually technically better than the one I wrote down. This is where I'm at. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to go 10. I'm going to go gold. Okay. That's my number nine. So good okay. choice. I rewatched it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it more a second time than I did the first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I was going into it with expectations of McConaughey was on a, a roll and I was intrigued. Plus that dude was coming off the other guy, uh, the Gianni Versace. Yes. Um, yeah. TV show and he was amazing in that so I was excited for the pairing and I think I was just let down because my expectations were too high and then upon rewatching it um, which is the only one I had time to well, watch for this week it was either, yeah. I have a firm understanding of all my other choices and this one was like I don't know maybe uh, and I enjoyed it I just think the the ending kind of leaves you lacking and yes. that's what really killed it the first time Um but it's an engaging story between the two of them based off a, a mining company in Canada. I actually do not recall the scandal. Yeah, neither did I. Um, 
but the fact that it's based on, you know, it's based on true events, but they just took it. They changed, you know, modulated here and there, uh, put it in the U.S. It's a hang dog type of guy who's kind of down on his luck trying to to get his family's mine and name, but name mainly back into the heights that it was before in the mining industry. Yeah. And just the push and pull. Because when they find gold, you do feel like a rush of fuck yes. And they both celebrate and they yell out because he's been in that you know, malarial state. Right. Uh, and I appreciate his performance quite a bit in it. Yeah. I lo- I think he's the reason to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard certainly it does good work as well in the film, but it's his manic energy and his tragic desire to have these like bigger ideas but have low rent approaches to these bigger ideas, right? Uh, and when you see how far he's willing to go and what it physically costs him, you know, being down in those jungles, getting bit, almost dying, all of the stuff he's willing to sacrifice to pursue this only to have it go a certain way, I think is uh, is uh, what I enjoy about the movie and what it was, why it was nice to kind of sit back. Some actors have like achieved a certain level of respect in your world. And so mm-hmm. when you see them in a movie, you're like, okay, I can sit back. I know I'm in good hands, whether the movie is good or not, who knows, but I'm going to be okay watching him or yeah, her good point. do their work, you know? And I think gold is one of those. Is it a great movie? No, but it's certainly a good movie and it's watchable. And I enjoyed seeing him go through the steps or the journey emotionally that this guy goes through uh, all the way up to the end. You know, and I felt for him. I really felt for him as as uh, nefarious as he could be at times. I really felt for him, and that's the charm of Makane. You know, throughout. How was he nefarious, though? Well, I mean, just some of the like some of the lies to his wife and all of that. It's like he's playing. He's you know he's doing certain things where he's not a hundred percent telling the full truth, trying to buy himself time. You know, kind of going behind people's backs with certain things. So that's what I mean. You know, so he's not. But it, the ultimate goal is was to achieve this level of of wealth um, and what happened. Not easy. To well, do. his yeah, his motivation, he says, it's not the money; it's just the gold. Yeah, the gold. Um, because I find most of his motivations pretty pure. Okay, you know exactly what he's trying to do, and those people that he's getting to invest, he genuinely believes in what he's selling. Now, you mm-hmm. are selling a high risk, high reward type of situation. Yeah. So there's inherent danger within it. Those individuals that he's out there talking to, but he, in no way do I feel like that character wavered in his complete certainty that they would find it. It's true. Um, Yeah. He's a dogged determination. Yeah. And self belief. Yeah. Absolutely. Whereas other actors in it, perhaps not. The investment firm, the other Mm -hmm. gold conglomerate that comes in. um, Right. You know, and then the foreign governments and all of that. Yeah, all all of that jazz. And yeah. it unfolds. That doesn't have really the punch it should have, I think, even on second rewatching, knowing well, this, this is a huge type of thing. And yet it's almost, I guess we have to focus on him so much and his, how he's dealing with all this. But yeah. uh, that's my 10. Okay. All right. What's your nine? Nine is Amistad. Uh, all right. Yeah, cool. It didn't make my list because I feel like he's the 
like the least best part of the sh- the film. Oh, the so, least best part? Yeah, like it's it's uh, Hopkins, Jum and Hansu, even Morgan Freeman, and then McConaughey, and then behind him probably Chiwetel Ejiofor, in my opinion. But go ahead, my man. Okay, it was the first time that I can recall seeing him in like a big ensemble piece like that where. Yeah. It's a Spielberg. You have the weight of this is going to be an Oscar consideration and really holding his own. Plus, it was for the two, three years where I didn't have uh, actually longer than that. But when I just had a box of VHS and DVDs, it was one of those. I've seen Amistad a lot of times. Oh, okay. It's, you know, uh, so I think I appreciate it. More. I knew it was always going to make my list and there was little chance it would make yours. And I'm not saying that you didn't. You were dismissive of it. I just yeah. I have more of a connection to it because I've spent so much more time with it. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think most people's opinion of Amistad is it's fine. Right. Which I totally understand. But because I've seen it so many times mm-hmm. that I really appreciate him, too, because he's kind of a calming presence as. He's attempting to facilitate the outcome that, mm-hmm. you know, he knows to be right, but you have to operate within the law. Yeah, and also then going out to get Hopkins to show up, it has emotional impact for me. But once again, I've seen the movie a, a lot of times, mm-hmm. uh, so I enjoy it for that reason. And uh, you know, it's not one of Spielberg's more celebrated, but yeah, I, I still think it's quality entertainment. And uh, I can oh, it's sir. the the beginning of it is is dark for me, but I can get past that, and it ends yeah. on such a high high note. It's very inspirational, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, and one of those classic film moments, you know, Give Us Us Free that Jaman Hansu has that is heartbreaking in that moment. Um, it also features an incredible monologue by Anthony Hopkins that I would argue is in the top 10, if not top five, greatest monologues ever delivered on screen for the circumstances, for the length, and for the ability to be able to keep you interested and transfixed in what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, but McConaughey, McConaughey does a certain, uh, this is McConaughey, you know, like kind of breaking out of what he'd done in the past and doing something a little more dramatic. Certainly mm-hmm. he's got that kind of, how can I say this? He's got that ability at the time and we, we hadn't seen it yet. And so this was a way to show it. He felt a bit miscast, but not because he wasn't doing, a serviceable job. It's just that it felt weird with all these other supposedly important actors. You have Matthew McConaughey, this good-looking guy with abs at the time, and young and heart, yeah. you know, heartthrob. It felt weird to have him in there as a historical figure, but it works in the end. Yeah, I think especially now looking back, seeing the body of work that he's, you know, oh, accomplished. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, they saw in him what we all came to recognize. Yeah, you know, as well. Um, anyway, so that's my nine. Okay. All right. What's your eight? My eight is, uh, the gentleman. All right. That's a slight punt. Okay. Yeah. So then my 10 is, uh, Ed TV. All right. It's a, yeah. On the side list. Yeah. Yeah. I like this one, man. It's one of those kind of quiet run Howard ones that not a lot of people talk about anymore, but at the time, cause everyone like talks about Truman show more. Right. But both mm-hmm. of these films are essentially companion pieces about the, coming of reality tv and how it was going to change our worlds and, and what have you <clears throat> and i would argue this is actually the sweeter one whereas okay. truman's a, is a little more we're you know we're we're showing you the horrible truth of what this life would be like if it was completely staged from birth to 
uh, then this is more of these are just people that didn't know any better, got into a reality show, get manipulated by executive producers or, as I just used the term, people with nefarious interests to create drama while mm-hmm. they're still trying to live their lives uh, and n- negotiate this stuff. And what's real, what isn't real, what's being put on for the cameras. I mean, remember, this is around the time where real world was becoming a massive deal or had become a massive deal. So it's like, they, well, what's fake and what's real with yeah. these reality shows? And I think Ron Howard does a great job of skewering them while also not skewering his characters. Uh, and mm-hmm. McConaughey is so earnest in this movie and so real um, and sympathetic. And his relationship with Jenna Elfman and, you know, the, the, the his brother being such an idiot, what are you doing such a good job playing an idiot? And him having to negotiate all of that, he never loses that, again, again the charm of McConaughey. Yes. And it's enjoyable to watch and it's one I go back and watch multiple times or whenever it's on television because I enjoy it. It's really easy to watch in a movie like this. That's my two cents on that. Yeah, it, it's a uh, quality entertainment. Yes, it, it made is. my side list like of, of his movies. <laughs> yeah, like you know, I, I'll say one that I don't think is going to make your list: Sahara. Yeah, Sahara is not my list. Yeah, yeah. Sahara is good though. However, you want to pronounce it. Uh, sure, I, I thoroughly enjoy that movie. Mm-hmm. Is it good? I understand the flaws that people point out, but oh, sure. he's charming and it's an exotic location and it's fun and and I have zero problem. Ed TV is I like it now because perhaps that was the genesis of what seems to be a lifelong friendship between Woody and Matthew. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they've just been thick as thieves ever since then. Be like that's a lot of fun, and maybe that developed like on the set there they met. Mm-hmm doing rehearsals or something and just kind of bonded. And now that bond has lasted two and a half decades. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And TV's good. What if he's, um, what if Woody's his vice president? Are you okay with that? I, I don't think Woody is electable. <laughs> yes. I would agree with that. So, <laughs> I mean, we all know McConaughey smokes pot, but yeah. I think everybody assumes Woody's done much more like, like Willie mushrooms, peyote. Like, Oh, I'm just saying other types of drugs. Yeah. It might be out in the public domain that Woody has taken those. (laughs) And I think that still precludes you from office. Whereas pot does not. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, so that was your what? Oh, sorry. That was my, so 10 for ed TV gold is nine. And my eight is contact. Okay. Yeah. Is that on your list or no? It made the side, but no. Okay. My list. All right. All right. I, I like him in contact. I think he's really good at this. Again, an unusual character for him to play uh, this uh, um, spiritual mm-hmm. person. Theologian. Yeah. Yeah. Theologian who's like, was one thing is now completely different and senses danger with what Jodie Foster is doing or wanting to do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's a rare villain turn by McConaughey, but showed you that he has these kind of, well, villainess, I See guess. A villain, eh, you know, necessarily. That's fair. That's fair. Jake Busey is a well, villain. Right. Jake Busey. All right. Then maybe it's a, it's a rare turn where he's not fully in support of the protagonist. I guess. Very I, true. hundred yeah. percent. That's what that character is. Yeah, she, she, he challenges her. It challenges what she's trying to do. He tries to get her to stop multiple times, and they have these really interesting discussions. And it shows this is a McConaughey that's growing 
uh, as an actor, uh, as a person with this kind of dialogue um, and bringing it to life. And I think he does a really good job um, of it. And it's almost frustrating when you watch the movie because you want him to be on her side so adamantly, yet he's not. So it's like, why? And the battles and all of that. Uh, and uh, I think he's such an essential part of the movie. Um, and, you know, Jake Views is Jake Views. You're going to get that. That's the standard shit. But Matthew was bringing like levels to what he's doing here oh, in okay. these conversations. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that's the difference. And that's where I enjoy that more. I see him as the villain, not as a villain, but as a person who is trying to stop the protagonist from doing what she thinks she needs to do and mm-hmm. pushing the boundaries of what may be available to people uh, to discover about death after death. So, yeah. Very true. Yeah. I, I like contact, but I think I just watched the others more. That's what oh, totally part fair. of the, you know, analysis was that's a list of 15. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how I really cut this down for some of these. Cause there are a lot of the same. I enjoy them mm-hmm. almost equally. That's fair. Uh, um, okay. Right, so that was your yeah. eight. What's your seven? Seven is uh, the Lincoln lawyer. Okay, talk to me about that one. Uh, not on your list. Not on my list. No, a little, che- uh, a little. I don't know. Go ahead. You, you, you talk. You about, about to say cheesy? Yeah, it's he's like a male Sandra Bullock in this movie. But all right, go ahead. T- talk to me. Talk to me. Well, it, it's based off of what Michael Connelly book. Yes. So it's got a certain kind of pacing and whatnot, and they hit the beats of, you know, it's very uh, Elmore Leonard without the humor mm-hmm. where the, the story just kind of keeps moving along and it takes these abstract deviations, but then pulls it back in. And I think he's, right. he's engaging. This could have been like a nice potential series for him mm-hmm. where they bring back the lawyer. Cause they have got the biker gang there and whatnot. And I would be fully on board for watching another, maybe two more of these. Cause I think they wow. could expand the idea. I, th- I think it's a franchise on some okay. level for a legal drama which is tough yeah. to do. And that's another reason that I liked it. I was like, Oh, that was, that was fun. You could serialize that and turn it into a lethal weapon or something, but obviously not yeah. have the action part of it. Um, and I, for me, I, it's got a rewatchability for a movie like that. That doesn't exist. So yeah. it stands out for that reason. I got to give them credit, mm-hmm. you know, for some of that. Um, I just, I enjoy it. It came up on, uh, what our our law show our courtroom oh drama. yeah yeah i remember that yeah yeah it was near the top of it was like courtrooms of the past 20 years or something mm-hmm. and uh i think it's i think it's very watchable so i put it at uh seven all right i, I totally respect that i yeah it's a, certainly a watchable movie i enjoy it if i'm looking at the best of in my opinion i don't know if that's one i run back to to really uh savor okay. what he's able to do but you know yeah, but he takes chances know, can't it's not about that. savoring. It's about enjoying the ride too. He does those movies. All right, all right. Yeah, Enjoy absolutely. the experience, type of thing. Definitely. Um, yeah. Some of them are about the performance and wanting to, you know, punch you in the gut. Yes, true. And others are. It's um, we're making meat, meat and potatoes, but it's the best fucking meat and potatoes you've had in a while. I'm like, <laughs> I agree with that. That's a good. There's nothing wrong with that. Can't have steak every night. That's true. That's true. Um. All right. All right, so that's my seven. My six yeah. is Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, wow. That's a punt. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Six. All right. Rewatchability. All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, my number seven is uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. It, yeah, his part was just too small. I get that. 
Totally get that. But he's so fucking good. Oh, he's great. I just, he's one of the reasons I watch more than Jonah Hill. Like, it's Caprio and McConaughey are the reasons I go back and watch that movie. Jordan Hill right behind them, obviously. But, like, those two, and I know it's just he's only in it for a few scenes, but he leaves such a mark. And he is, in essence, the reason why Jordan becomes the way he becomes in the movie. He is his guy to this madness, right? And so he plays it so well. I mean, that scene where he's, you know, the classic scene already where he's doing the sounds and it plays so well. And then what he's able to show him uh, in a way more relaxed approach to that world than Jordan ends up being able to handle. So I enjoy, I really love that. And it's almost like low-key one matinee idol to another matinee idol showing them the debauchery of fame uh, and one handles it a little bit better. One shows them how to handle it a little bit better than the other one does. So there's, it also kind of works on that meta level as well for that. So I enjoy him madly in this movie. Man. So, so some of my favorite scenes I go back to watch from the movie are okay. in them. Yeah, yeah, that, love Wolf of Wall Street. I just this yeah. part was so small I didn't even consider it. I totally get it. Totally get it. Um, all right. So then my six is the putt from earlier, The Gentleman. Okay. Dude, I like this movie a lot. I've watched it three times now. Uh, oh, really? And, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I think Guy Ritchie is. I mean, I mean, look, the standout person is Colin Farrell in the whole movie. But seeing McConaughey play this smooth, relaxed American, surrounded by all these British guys, it's completely different. And British women, obviously, Michelle Dockery. It's completely yeah. different than what we've seen Guy Ritchie do with American characters in the past. Right, like we saw Jeremy Piven and Ludacris in Rock and Rolla. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've seen a couple of American characters in other films. Oh yeah, Dennis Freena and Snatch. So you, he, certainly he's done it, but this is, I think, the he wrote the film to focus on this man, right? And he comes in and he rules the roost in a British gangster crime film, and he does excellent with the way he's walking through his kingdom and what he did with his empire and how he's getting ready to sell it and then all the different negotiations he has to do throughout the movie to come out on top and he's excellent he narrates it when he needs to narrate it Mm -hmm. does great work in the scenes and i just think to slide into a world like guy Ritchie and be taken as seriously and as powerfully as he is um and not have a british accent speaks volumes to the kind of energy and strength uh, he has. I mean, the scene with Henry Golding in the fucking bar uh, when they're doing that little quick meeting, it's just just power, dude. And I really yeah. respect that he has that gear as an older actor now. So. Well, it's, he pulls off embodying the uh, the lion yes. on the Savannah. Yeah. yeah. There's only one true top dog here, and mm-hmm. it's me. And that's... You need... You need that. You need that to be more believable than all the other performances because you have to buy into the fact that Godfather exists, and you don't cross him until he decides to take his, you know, himself off the chessboard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is rarefied air, and you have to care. Like I like that he's slow and methodical, mm-hmm. and he's taking his time and he's sizing up. And when the one dude is cocky as fuck in front of him in the office, great yeah. scene, yeah. great scene. It just he's part of an ensemble. That's why it ended up at eight. It's like, oh, it's it's one of the ensembles. It was really good. But oh, yeah. he was the key to me of I need to believe that he is the lion. 
Oh yeah, or else none of it works. Yeah, none of it works without. Unlike it. like a, a season five in the wire, the kid that comes to take over the street corners. Oh yeah, I never yeah. believed that he was the apex. Marlo, really? You didn't nope. buy Marlo as the apex? Nope. Wow. I believe he's a tough kid. Yeah. I don't believe he's an apex. Interesting. So it was okay. that, but that season as a whole. I still liked it. It's still yeah, yeah, a good sure. season. Sure, sure, sure. But then the other storyline with the newspapers and all that, it was like, ah. And then, the, you know, some of the police force started violating tenets of their character. That's the only issue I've ever had with the show. Yeah, it kills me. He does. Right. I'm like, come on. The There's a couple of them. We're just yeah. like that that illegal wiretap and what's yeah. his name? The guy that makes the doll furniture. And you're like, yeah. yeah, he would never. He's the like the only he'd be the first one to say no. Mm-hmm. And they're getting into some little escapade. Like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. You can, still you engaging. Can, you can defend it on a human level. Like, you know, people aren't always consistently the same yeah. people they are in life. You never know. But it didn't feel organic. And it didn't feel natural. And it didn't feel real. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you a thousand percent on that. Um, all right. What's your number five, my man? Uh, my five is Kubo and the Two Strings. Nice choice, bud. Go ahead, please. Not on your list? I've only seen it once, so it didn't really kind of, Okay, you know, but I, I think it's a great choice, bro. Go ahead, man. Uh, it's awesome. I'm a fan of stop motion in, in Leica in general. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now I go in with expectations to be impressed, and this one lived up to those expectations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, thoroughly, whereas something like Missing, Missing Link didn't, although it's right. it's utterly gorgeous and some of the set pieces and character designs are uh, second to none yeah. whereas in kubo the fantasy element of it really fits the vibe plus the f- voice performances in the middle of this seemingly southeast asian hmm. you know tale we have this swaggering texan coming in and it makes all the sense in the world these this you know the those are uh, uh, beetles but they're armored, whatnot, and they're built for fighting type of thing. And he needs to be this kind of cowboy yeah. strutting in around, but he doesn't play it like a fucking cowboy. Uh, it just the voice acting with him and Angelina Jolie uh, really elevates those characters. And I think helps you identify and connect to them yeah. more because there's a warmth and an undertone uh, there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's. I, I, yeah, go see it. I don't know how to. I mean, basically, it's a a family story where a father ripped apart his daughter's life, and now the son is trying to rectify things, mm-hmm. and what unfolds from there. Yeah, I thought him and uh, Charlize Theron do a nice job. I mean, oh, Charlize he, Theron, not Angelina Jolie. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. He, he's a plays that large beetle. Yep. And has those uh, um, has that weird kind of characterization to the to the world, even though the world's unusual already mm-hmm. and magical and fantastical. He brings a fun quirkiness or weirdness to what yeah. he does with his character. Gives him a friend on the journey. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, which you need because the the baboon or gibbon, right. whatever it is, character is more motherly. Yes. So you're not going to get that bonding, but you're going to get the protect. You get the protection of both, but it's the maternal. Yeah. Whereas the, he's chummier with McConaughey's character. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so that's my five. All right. My five is mud. Uh, that is mud. my four. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
really surprised by this movie. I think you talked me into seeing this movie after a mm-hmm. conversation we had on one of the episodes in the past, maybe a side conversation or whatever. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'll finally watch it. Because I watched that Killer Joe one, and I wasn't the biggest fan of it. And I get okay. why people loved it as much as they did. But like some of the moments in the film were just like, I'm not comfortable with this shit. So I hesitated uh, watching this one. Kind of like Nicolas Cage's Joe, right? I hesitated on that one too. But okay. watching it is actually really enjoyable. And he is so good. Once again, the charm of mm-hmm. McConaughey, the natural southern charm of McConaughey bleeds through in roles like this. Um, and it is from, as we mentioned earlier, director Jeff Nichols. And I just really love the interaction he has with the kids. Um, yeah. You know, them trying to bring Weiss. I mean, I was really surprised Weiss was in the movie and them kind of trying to reunite the situation. But what he, like, he's an unusual cat, kind of like Kubo, right? It's like, this is an unusual approach to a character like this, but it keeps you watching because he is so dynamic in what he's choosing to do uh, with the character that he's creating. True. Here. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I mean, I, Normally, when I go into a movie like this, when you ugly up a pretty person, yeah, it just it throws me off. It looks like you're trying. You right. know what I mean? It's like a Charlize in in Monster. Monster. It's hard to look past that prosthetic at times. Uh, but just like McConaughey and Gold, I believe those teeth are terrible. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, it looks it legit. The teeth, you're right. <laughs> yeah, and it helps build into the character. And in Mud, he carries totally. this kind of, you know, a guy that's lived in the country, yeah, kind of dirt road existence. I know these feels, people, Matt. Yeah, I'm sure you've met these I? people. You know these people. Yeah, and it felt authentic as all hell. Yeah, and then you throw in the story this this complicated love story, push and pull with him and Reese. And then the, the fallout from why they are split up. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen, but that's, that's an interesting subtext too. And then his motivations. And then uh, what's his name is the older kind of sage, uh, Sam, uh, Sam Shepard. Yes. Sam Sam Shepard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of his last movies too. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, Sam Shepard, always good casting. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It, it was such a small, intriguing. It's like when you see Peanut Butter uh, Falcon. Yep. That feels honest. Like, in no way do I believe Shia is making fun of people from that region. Right, 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 right. Um, just like in. Uh, oh, what the shit was that called? The new one where he plays a Latino gangster. Oh, yeah. Street. Is it. Um, uh, I want to say Scott Powler, but that's. No, no. It's the it's the it's not the accountant. It's the other one. Um, oh god damn damn it what is that yeah shot collar was uh, the dude from game of thrones yes which is yes. good nicholas costa waldo yeah, uh the tax collector that's the tax was. collector that's what it was right i Whereas thought he did me, a good fucking job man Even i thought it was excellent film. yeah in yeah. a film that i found to be uneven and i don't know if i buy the lead as mm-hmm. this hardcore gangster right. whereas shia was like Man, you really seem Latino to me. Yeah. Every once in a while, these guys can pull this shit off. And yeah, other Latinos give respect. To but but it's, yeah. you know, it's akin to what we're talking about with McConaughey in mud. I don't. That's oh, honest. Yeah. That is a genuine honest. You're not trying to make fun of or rely on stereotypes. Yeah. You 
you went down and you did some character work and you met some people and you decided you're going to base it off of this individual and worked your hardest to be true to that yeah. individual without belittling them. Yes. And you embodied these yes, people. You did the best you could. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Exactly. It's fully respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, d- yeah, you uglied up that pretty and I bought it. <laughs> it's tough to do. He's a pretty man. Is a pretty man. He is a pretty man. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Uh yeah, absolutely. And I and I don't think it's no, it wasn't one of Sam Shepard's last films, dude. He did Savannah, August Osage County, Cold in July, and then Midnight Special in 2016. Yep. And then uh Rolling Thunder, the last documentary there with the Bob Dylan one before he passed on. Um, okay. Which is weird since he died in 2017, and this was 2019. Wow, documentaries take a while to come out. So, um, a lot of footage uh, to cut. A lot of footage. A lot of footage. Uh, all right. So, where are we now? Uh, your my four. Your four. All right. So, when you look at this uh, for me, um, I got to put Magic Mike here, man. I, I listen. No one is more surprised than I am to put Magic Mike here. Did you have it on your side list, even? I've never seen it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So go ahead and talk about it. I'm going to use the restroom real quick. All right, go ahead, man. Yeah, uh, he's fantastic. He plays this club owner of the strip club there, and he's like, he's greedy as fuck, uh, but he's also vain as hell. And so, you know, he, he's he got his own routine. He's got the, the way he handles everybody in the film. I really appreciate the approach he does to the character. And, you know, it, it's a perfect choice because if you it felt right, as we spoke about just a few minutes ago, Matt and I with mud, like it felt authentic. This guy that he's created, this guy that he's embodying in Magic Mike, it feels so authentic and real uh, because you imagine that this is actually a lot of the people that own these clubs. They act this way. They talk this way. They uh, are this way, and that's why they're in the positions that they're in, and that's why they're able to take advantage of certain situations to uh, seek profit over principle or treating people fairly. So I I loved him madly, and the rumor is that there wasn't a strip scene written for him, and he got them to – got Soderbergh to create a strip scene for him uh, so that he could have his own routine and – I thought that was pretty badass uh, of McConaughey. And that shows you the power of McConaughey that he was able to convince Soderbergh to write a strip scene for him. Um, the confidence and a little bit of the ego and the vanity, which I don't mind. I think that's, uh, I think he's earned that after all these decades in the business to get to, to push a director to write a scene for him where he gets to show off his abs. So I just really liked it. And it's, it's again, it's rare when McConaughey is the villain or the, more unsavory type character uh but when he does it he's so good at it because those steel eyes of his really when he fixes them on you when you're watching him in any film you can sense the power in the in the stare of uh of mcconaughey so i appreciate okay. that yeah so uh yeah i mean it's a soderbergh film so at some point you might have to watch it bro if you want to perhaps perhaps uh, hopefully he continues to work. So then when we have to cross the bridge of doing Steven Soderbergh, I'm not forced Ooh. to have to watch Magic Mike. You know, it's like, <laughs> ah, it's, there's so many here. They didn't have the time. This guy's got a, 18 solid. Is it a stripper thing? What is it? Is it you just don't like stripper movies? I, I don't know. Just 
from afar, it doesn't look like it was made for me and my cup of tea. So I just okay. have no interest. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, okay. All right. Where are we on to next? Uh, your three then? Or yeah, right. Your three. Yeah, my three. Okay, go ahead, my man. Uh, Dazed and confused. Yeah, same here. Same here. Um, it's he's my favorite part of it. Mm-hmm. And he's, I mean, there's a bunch of great. I uh, watched this movie a lot as a teenager. I was the perfect age for when it came out. Um, and full on announced it. And there's a reason that he's known for it to this day that people still. And he still latches onto the right, you know, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think my favorite part is it doesn't seem to bother him either. He, no. he embraces it. Yeah. Yeah. Which a lot of times is like Harrison Ford with, I, I have no idea. I don't know what a fucking force ghost is. <laughs> <laughs> like he's sick of it. And he doesn't want to hear it. Whereas McConaughey is like, yeah. it's fine. Totally fine. Let's do this. All right. All right. Like, Yes. Uh, it's awesome you like that that much and uh, you remember it and uh, sweet and I'm going to keep moving. He's such a crotchety old fuck that Harrison. I'll tell you what, man. Nice. Just just do the job, son. Just do the job. I don't know. Why make it such a big deal? You know what I'm saying? Because he can. Because I guess. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he is a, what, 70 some odd year old man. True. That True. pretends to be things. So why are we acting you know, right. Like it's some amazing feat. <laughs> That's, you know, I, I think he, a lot of acting, it seems as though is that to him, which I can I understand. Yeah. 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 We all I, feel I, like frauds. Yeah. Well, sure. And look, if you're going to make a name for yourself, remember this is McConaughey really, really young, uh, not that well known. And so you're coming into this with all these future stars in one, mm-hmm. you know, one level or another, um, with a burgeoning film director who's going to be a name for years to come. And you, you feel that confidence when you're around those guys. So you create this character that is kind of maybe an extension of who you are at the time, but also a amalgamation of dudes you probably met in your hometown that you've seen who never got out of it, who just constantly stayed in this, uh, you know, a state of arrest and development for a few years mm-hmm. uh, and still thought like it was cool to get high school girls, even though it's pretty fucking creepy at his age to be doing that. Um, and he's got that vibe to him and he plays it so well. And you would normally think this dude is a terrible fucking dude, but because it's McConaughey, again, the charm and the delivery and the humor behind it totally sells him. A thousand percent sells him. So he's great. True. So good. And I, I don't know, but potentially in the setting of the movie, which is mid seventies, Texas. Yeah. Uh, what he was doing may be perfectly legal. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't I know. Thought, I don't, I'm not judging. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. yeah. There are still some States where I think, you know, the age limit is shockingly low. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. Though so they stay the same age, if he's trolling for eighteen-year-olds the whole time, technically that's legal, it's true. at least it's by true. today's standards. I have no idea. I don't know if they ever states how. I mean, wasn't one girl a freshman though? I think one that he starts yeah, talking to. That's what I was to. saying. That's what I yeah. was saying. Yeah. Uh, it feels. Well, I mean, it's his first movie. That's true. And his part was even smaller, I believe. And Linklater enjoyed what he had seen so far, so he kept kind of throwing him 
hey, what about this type yeah. of, and I believe he improved a little bit of it. Like yeah. there's a lot of confidence that exudes across the screen. And he's still, it's still to this day, you look at it and be like, that dude is a star. Right. Flat out. Well, the look of him, the confidence he has, the, um, the, the, the um, what do you call it? The, the sideburns, everything about mm-hmm. him. The, the clothes just work so well for him, dude. The, his body type is just so perfect. You know, having grown up in, in Virginia, I knew dudes like that uh, as I was a freshman moving into all through the years of college. You'd see okay. those guys who would hang out at the 7-Eleven with their buds drinking before it became like the uh, refuge of what you see now, uh, you know, uh, in some areas of town. And so, but at the time, it was a place that you would see those guys, so- you know. Dude, in my high school... Smoking and shit, yeah. You know, I started high school in the uh, early, mid-90s. Mm, mm. So, 93, 94. Sure. Uh, you could still smoke at my high school so long as you brought a note from your parent. <laughs> Even though the legal age to smoke was 18. <laughs> but I you could it. go out at lunchtime and have a cigarette. My freshman yep. year was the only year, but apparently it had been the rule... For the entire duration of the, well, I'm sure at one point there was no, you need to get a note. Right. Right. Uh, and they, they brought in that crazy rule and I'm sure people were up in arms at that point, but so times changed in my lifetime to where yeah. they used to be able to smoke at school. It was just fucking bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, kids hanging out like at a gas station, two blocks from the school drinking outright. Yeah. Totally. Small enough town, not a problem. Not a problem. The the night after I graduated high school, yeah, we partied at uh, a guy's house who lived on the way to one of the two main roads to the high school. It was a high school out in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's, there's two roads into it. So his house was like 500 yards from the entrance to the school. It was right. the, the last house before the entrance, whatnot, and we stayed out till... Uh, eight in the morning drinking beer. I stayed up all night. We got lawn chairs and we had a cooler between us and we were waving to the buses as they went to school, tipping our beers to them. The cops knew we were out there. Parents knew we were out there. Nobody, nobody cared. That was 1997. That wasn't so crazy long ago. (laughs) So in the seventies, I can't even fathom what they were used to seeing high school kids do. Oh yeah. I mean, a thousand percent, Matt, a thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Openly buying beer. Yeah, doing their thing. Yep. Oh, my God. So true. Uh, but, yeah, great movie. And, and it's still an iconic movie nowadays. Still, people go back and reference it. Linkletter. Mm-hmm. They've done anniversary screenings. They've had the cast come back and do reunion stuff. But, I mean, it's an incredible cast. Ben Affleck, Parker Posey, Joanne Lord Adams, Rory Cochran, mm-hmm. McConaughey, as we mentioned. So many actors that went off and did uh, incredible things. Uh, isn't Garner in this one too? I wonder if Garner's in this one. I always forget. I know Zellweger is in an uncredited role. Zellweger. She's a Texan as uh-huh. well. And they were yeah, both in that Texas Chainsaw Texas Massacre. Chainsaw. Yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came out. It was on the shelf for years. Yes. Yeah. Mila Jovovich, Adam yep. Goldberg, Jason London, Anthony Rapp. Fuck, yep. man. It's a who's who. Cole Hauser. It's a fucking who's who of actors, you know? And so uh, it's a hell of a thing. He uh, Nikki Cat does great character work uh, every once in a while when you see him in anything. So 
great job by uh, what's his face Linkletter uh, compiling such an incredible cast with his casting director. Yeah. Um. All right. Where are we off to next, my man? Two. Uh, I guess my my deuce, and that is uh, frailty. Oh, I've never seen it. So this is your turn okay. to talk. Let me. Hey, I'm going to step out. You go ahead and pitch this one. Okay. Sure. Give me a sec. Sorry. No worries. Um. I mean. If you're new to the show, I've talked about frailty a few other times. Uh, it came out of such left field. I was not expecting a movie like this when I sat down to watch it. And I don't want to talk too much about it because fear of uh, spoiling it. But it's it's uh, it's got a good cast. It's Bill Paxton plays McConaughey's dad. And uh, it's McConaughey kind of reflecting back on stories of his youth about his father and him and his brother. Um, dealing with uh, demons. And uh, he is speaking with Powers Booth, an FBI agent. And that's the setup to the movie, so to speak. But it's flashbacks going back to stories and experiences that he had as a child with his father, who was a demon hunter. Uh, and it is wildly interesting um, I, I think start to finish. The only, the only thing I could possibly ding it for is the cinematography feels a little off at times. It reminds me of TV movie ish. Now when I watch it, um, but who knows? Maybe in a couple of years I watch it again, and th- that critique is bullshit. So I, I don't know. But I think the the premise is so unique and the, the ending I enjoyed so much that it's always stuck with me. And I've watched it since uh, quite a few times. Now there are other McConaughey's that I I definitely watch more than this Sahara or Sahara, however you want to, I, sorry, I knew a girl named Sahara and that's why every once and again, instead of saying Sahara, I say Sahara. Um, I will probably watch more times of frailty, but I know frailty's a better movie or U five, seven, one, eh, yeah, it's not. Um, but Rain of Fire, I think, is very rewatchable, but it's slow as shit. I enjoy it, though. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's that's frailty. You've never seen it, so... I've never seen it, but I've heard great things, and I don't know why I've never made myself watch it. Maybe it's like one of those forgotten 90s ones, like a simple plan that I don't necessarily go mm. back... Uh, maybe that's early 2000s, but I, I don't necessarily go back and watch it. So if you yeah, recommend I haven't seen it. a simple plan either. Didn't uh, Paxton direct Frailty? Or who directed Frailty? He might have, actually. Yes. I think you're right on that. I thought he did. Hold on. I'm looking it up now. Okay. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Okay. All right. So then my two is your punt from earlier, which is Dallas Buyers Club. Okay. Dude, love this movie. Still love this movie. Just... It's such a gutsy fucking role to take on, especially as I as I've mentioned a few times on the show with you. Is like he's a matinee screen idol. He's a heartthrob. Have True. him take on this role and what he kind of has to go through as he gets this disease and the journey he goes on from being, you know, essentially a guy who's like dismissive of all this shit and judgmental of people uh, uh, who have this and thinks it's only amongst a certain community, well, how he has to navigate this in his life when he comes in contact with people that he was normally very derisive or decisive about or judgmental about and mm-hmm. has to kind of change his mind about so many things. And then the interactions with, uh, with um, Jennifer Garner 
Uh, but then his entrepreneurial spirit comes out, right? This desire, he's motivated by something organic that pushes him to create this thing so that people can get cured or healed or have access to this medicine that can help him deal with this disease um, and does an excellent job of it, man, all the way up to the end of the movies. Excellent. And of course, Jared Leto is the showier part, the more showier part, which is why he won the Oscar as well. But I thought what uh, McConaughey does here is fucking stellar. Just fucking stellar. Yeah, I think McConaughey won the Oscar for True Detective. Oh, you think they gave it to him for True Detective because it was around the same I year? I genuinely pe- believe people voted for it because it ran right as voting was happening. Yeah. And everybody was talking about how transcendently good that performance was. And Dallas Buyers Club was, I think it's a good movie. I haven't seen it since that Oscar season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's why you ended up at six is you're like, well, shit, if I haven't seen it and all these years in between, I don't know when the next time I'm going to see it. Is it a good movie? Undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. But I also genuinely believe that he won the Oscar for True Detective. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Because that was the best acting performance that year across any medium, in my opinion. Well, maybe it's a combo. Wouldn't it be a combo of both? Like how great he was in Dallas Buyers Club and maybe uh, savoring how well he was in True Detective? Sure. Quite possibly. Okay. But you think it was True Detective that really got him over the line? I think everybody agreed that that was the best acting performance they saw that year. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. He's and it was this weird abstract idea over and over and over again. And he somehow embodies all of it. Mm-hmm. The fucking life's a circle, flat circle thing. <laughs> that was riveting. I will still go back and watch that scene now. Like that is... That is yeah. Day Lewis level acting, right? Um, that's yeah. So that's one man's opinion. What do you, you know? No, it's strong opinion. Um, all right, then I guess our number ones are the same. Uh, Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah, man. I mean, Easy what peasy. Can you say? What can it's, you say? It's the best. Yeah, it's the best. It's. It, uh, we just did the rewatch for Nolan, or we just did a Nolan list, and I watched uh, some of the scenes from the movie all over again on YouTube and. Are you fucking you and uh, Steve just copying top 10 and now doing lists of guys? You sons of bitches. No, I'm saying for our top mm-hmm. 10 of Nolan, I went back and watched ep- uh, uh, YouTube scenes. Okay. I'm on to you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> fucking get it. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, wh- we've talked about it, right? A number of times on the show. We, Anything I, more to add uh, about Interstellar? It's, it's the nice marriage of you know, those smaller prestige films? Yes. With bigger budget and box office returns. Yeah. And still has the emotional uh, impact when he's realizes how long he's been down on that planet and he sees the video chats oh. and when Murph finally gives up and he breaks down. I don't have children, but I'll be damned if I didn't in that moment really empathize with yeah. what that must have felt like. Yeah. Uh, that's anytime you can get me to to understand uh, a situation that I will have no firsthand experience with yeah. regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, any of it. And you can put me in the shoes of that individual solely through your acting work. That is the best I can hope for from a movie like that. Yeah. A thousand percent agree with you, man. A thousand percent agree with uh, you. So good. I mean, that's just one of the best scenes you're ever going to see. And he does a great job throughout, you know, uh, when stuff t- goes sideways, his reactions to it all, the stuff yeah. with Damon navigating all of that. He's excellent. Just excellent. Yeah. And if you, with him at the helm, 
it's like you understand why now you need a pilot in these situations, but you also yeah. need his calm and coolness in the face right. of these adversities, kind of like uh, uh, Brad Pitt and Ad Astra. Yes. Like yeah, yeah. he falls off, but his heart rate never goes above. That is an attribute that is highly valued. Yeah. In a place where death surrounds you at all times, you need to yeah. be able to keep your cool. Yeah. Um, and he pulls off that side of it too. It's, it's just a nice multifaceted character. Mm-hmm. Thousand agree with you, man. Uh, all right. Let's put this list together. That's our separate lists of the top 10 Matthew McConaughey movies. A uh, lot to choose from here. Um, none of his romantic comedies made it. Uh, but that's probably for the best. Not that there's anything wrong with them. You can enjoy them. But when you're talking about top 10, I don't know if those romantic comedies are necessarily the ones you should be thinking about first. Um, all right. Uh, let's put this list together. How do we do this now? Well, Interstellar, clearly number one. Clearly number one. Um, does Days and Confused move up now since it's our number three versus the two to six? I think you put. I would, I would have to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. And then and, Dallas would go next. Okay. Okay. Uh, then I would say mud. Yeah, sure. Mud works for me. Okay. Then we don't have anything in common until the gentleman at six, eight. Well, gold and gold right? nine, 10 though. Okay. All right. So then, uh, your solo one is my two, which is yeah, frailty. frailty. Okay. And I have magic Mike at four. So we put magic Mike there at seven. We had four left, seven, eight, nine, and 10. Okay. Should we move the gentleman there since I have that at six? Yep. Okay. All right. Gentlemen, we want to keep gold. Yeah. Put look, it here or nine. Where's it at? Where, where are we at right now? We got eight, nine, and 10 left. Okay. Where do we have? Where did you have gold? 10? 10. I had it nine. So let's keep it lower on the list. So, what do you have anything solo that hasn't been uh, put on the list yet? Uh, my five. Which is? Kubo and the two stars. Oh, yeah. Done. And I have, do you have your six as well or no? Yes. Which is? Uh, it was, I've, I've already got my six on the list. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. Because I've got Wolf of Wall Street at seven. Oh, contact. Do you, uh, would you? I don't have contact. Okay. Hmm. So do you want to go gold than Wolf of Wall Street? Uh, I'd rather do gold and then contact. I think contact, I think you're right. I think he's in contact more than Wolf. And I think that's a good argument. So boom. All right. Let's do it. The top 10 Matthew McConaughey movies. Yeah. At number 10. Contact. At number 9. Gold. At number 8. Kubo. And the two strings. At number 7. <laughs> the Gentleman. I just I write down the shorthand version of these and I just stopped at Kubo. Anyway, The no Gentleman. Way. At number 6. Magic Mike. At number 5. Frailty. At number 4. Mud. At number 3. Dallas Buyers Club. At number two, Dazed and Confused. And our number one Matthew McConaughey movie is Interstellar. That's right. Have a good cry, ladies and gentlemen. All right. That's a damn good list with a lot of great movies on it, Matt. Uh, A lot of movies uh, that people can explore. Um, Any on your side list that you want to throw in real quick before we wrap up? No, no, I, I think I'm good. I mean, we got to, okay. we danced around a bunch of different ones. We did. We did. And uh, we honored quite a bit of his uh, film canon. His ouvre. Um, All right. Well, there you go. That's uh, this episode of the Top 10 Show. Can't thank you all enough for downloading it on our podcast feed or watching it 
on our YouTube channel. If you've uh, only been listening to a podcast feed, you can always go to our YouTube channel. Just type in the top 10, um, uh, Roka or Nost in there, and it should come up, and you should be able to go over there and subscribe. We're trying to build up our uh, following there, so please go and try to watch as many of our uh, of our videos as you can on the top 10 YouTube channel. Hit a like, leave a comment. All of that helps the visibility and the monetary aspect of it all. It's not why we do it, but you know, a little bit always helps. So we appreciate it for sure, Matt. Yes, sir. Um, you can follow us at Top Ten Show, or uh, that's on Twitter, on Instagram, or YouTube. Uh, just uh, the Top Ten Podcast with the number ten, um, and you can find us those ways. Yep. And uh, next week we'll have our next live show for patrons. Yeah. So tune in there, twelve p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're going in uh, noon doing it. We've had a lot of fun with those. So we look forward to you guys next Thursday and uh, or this upcoming Thursday, actually, by the time you hear this. Yeah. Um, so the 8th, look out for that. And we'll see you guys on the 8th. And uh, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. And uh, if you'd like, you can check out uh, Settle the Score and Dropping Dimes, my two other podcasts. And that is it for me this week. There you go. And you can, uh, if you want to be part of the uh, people that get to watch us do the show live every two weeks, you get to see it on Thursday ahead of where we drop it on Tuesday. You got to be a $10 and above patron. And to do that, you go to patreon.com slash the top 10 and be a part of it. We've done so much, so much work here to uh, give our love to the fans, to the patrons and what have you. So please, uh, patrons rather. So please come and join us. If you haven't joined us yet, so much you get to enjoy. If you hit the $5 and above, you get to send in uh, comments, questions, and thoughts and participate in Topic Thunder. And of course, when Golden Ticket rolls around again, you'll be able to be a part of Golden Ticket as well. So a lot of bang for your buck when you're a patron of the Top 10. Please uh, be a part of it if you haven't yet. And for those of you who are a part of it, thank you very much for uh, staying on the train with us. We appreciate it madly. Uh, you can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram as well. If you want to come over to my channel, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roka says, uh, please go and see all the content we have going on there. And of course, uh, go and uh, listen to the cinephiles as uh, Matt mentioned earlier with Steve. That's another great podcast. Steve, I do. Steve, well. you son of a bitch. <laughs> there it is. All right. Take care of yourselves, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of the top 10 show.